Alright. Oh, okay, great. And I'd invite you to come up to the front if you want. Inside the blue box. And it exists to uh, solve a 
specific problem or issue. Um, and each of these peer groups has a, a structure, has support from the overarching kind of federation, the overarching network, and has um, its own treasury. And the, the operating system for Junto Club will be uh, Web 3.0. It'll be uh, most likely from uh, a company called Hypa, which creates uh, DAOs. And um, that's really sophisticated DAO tooling, so ways of creating governance. And the ideal and the hope is to build a network of these distributed empowered peer groups that can then interoperate and help each other as well. So your main core sense making is from your small group, but then you know, similar to the congregations, um, each group uh, can connect with other groups and um, the, the intention is to bring in a whole bunch of funder groups. There are many funders out there who are looking for co-created projects. They're looking for projects that are coming from the bottom up. Uh, and there's a very few of these projects that funders know about. And the communication system to communicate an amazing project to the sources of capital is weak. So the digital is trying to address all of this and create um, an innovation ecosystem where funding can flow to co-created uh, projects uh, and the whole network benefits because everyone is still getting so as the network grows, the token appreciates and everyone uh, wins together. So that's the that one is it. I'll see my time to uh, <laughs> the others. But I, 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 I'm really excited, I'll just say, to uh, uh, talk with folks about this idea. Um, I have a whole concept note. There's a lot of people involved. It's a lot of different networks that are very different from this one. Um, and hopefully the digital club can be a bridge um, to, to support uh, anyone who's trying to uh, create change and needs you know, the possibility of And so when I, I had a lot of 
not a public consultant. I was, um, you know, trying to ask questions like ha having having people to look at a presentation that I put together, asking people which text form do I use, um, and then none of those spaces really filled that for me. So I reached out to somebody else who I never met that I was connected with on LinkedIn through somebody else, also a consultant in Denver, and said, hey, this would be helpful for me, how about you? So we, with a couple of others, met in the basement of a coffee shop in Denver about four and a half years ago. Um, and since then, it's turned into what is now my company called Consultants for Good. It's grown really organically. Um, I have done outreach a handful of times, but I really don't do much of it. And now we have almost 440 members globally. Um, and it's free right now. We've been meeting, essentially the way that we have it set up is that I ask folks every six months or so what people would like to learn, what they'd like to teach, and when they're available, and kind of do a matching process based on that. We have a Google group um, where folks can share, and this was kind of part of the idea behind it because I was seeing a lot of competition and, oh, I can't tell you who I'm working with, I can't tell you my approaches, because you'll take them and you'll make money off of them. Um, and I wanted this to be a space where if I, for example, get an offer of a social media contract, which is not my thing, I can share it to the group, and somebody who loves doing social media will be able to take that, and then something that's more in my will will come my way later. And that, looking at it more with a sense of abundance instead. Um, and so we're seeing that, I mean, four years later, we're seeing people who are sharing these, and oh, here's this proposal that I'm also going to apply for, but if anybody else also wants to apply, here it is. I've seen people create joint consulting firms together. Um, people are really sharing quite a lot. Um, and now I'm in this stage of actually monetizing that. So, so far, I've had folks volunteer to be on the onboarding team, um, there's a handful of people who, for the past two years, have just volunteered to support this. They've been quite self-managed. They've created onboarding sessions and welcomed people in and almost created a set of values that I hadn't officially voiced. Um, and now I'm in the process of creating what a membership looks like, so that hopefully this can be my full-time job. So, so far that looks like a process where I've gotten um, input from folks in the community on what the actual pricing looks like. I've been really transparent about I want this to pay myself, and because then I can actually potentially use my full-time job and use that time to build up some other things. So staffing services for consultants who really hate the RFP process, um, which will hopefully also help with a little bit of pay equity because consultants are paid what they ask for the most part, not based on experience or anything else. Um, access to healthcare services because it's awful getting healthcare when you are a solo entrepreneur. Um, so kind of being transparent and building all of that out. So. Um, I think that's all I have to share. I guess if I have two minutes, I'd love just to maybe time for a couple questions and then we'd love feedback as I run into folks. If you have any ideas or things to share. That's pretty really beautiful and exciting. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. It's still a little surreal. Are we invited? Uh, if you are a consultant that works with mission driven clients, yes. And I keep it kind of explicit that way so that there's no potential clients in the room, for example. So. Mm -hmm. Is the business going to be a solo venture or will you eventually have a team? Hopefully a team. Right now I have a potential partner that I'm trying to figure out how I want to do that and also how much control I'm okay giving up, to be honest, too. Just a thought. This seems similar to a lot, like there are probably a lot of analogous businesses that have something that they're doing and they're already 10 steps ahead of you. Mm -hmm. And I would just look for, I would consider looking at analogous businesses in a whole other industry that are doing something extremely similar 
and um, are like 30 steps ahead and going to them and like asking them for help and like, you know just advice and whatnot and what to expect going forward. I have a couple of those, but if you know what I need to, let me know because I would love that. Yeah, I mean, this is really my first real exposure to it, but so far, kind of thinking about the self-management, um, a lot of the folks have talked about about asking people to take ownership, some of which is already happening, um, and being able to really intentionally hold on to that, even as it's becoming monetized. That's actually one of my bigger fears. Of, oh, well, now we're paying you for this thing, so you are going to do all the work and kind of keeping it. All right, thanks so much. All right. Next in our list, we have Lisa Marie. Lisa Marie. Hello, everyone. So, um, my um, ideas that I would like to share, I have a philosophy or framework called uh, it's all about Learn, Grow, Pass. It's all about um, shared prosperity. How do we make change together? And so um, right now, what I'm thinking is that um, when people tell stories, they are told um, individually in their own by owners. And I want to create a speculative design studio where storytellers are the owners. And so it's a co-op for storytellers. It will be a platform where storytellers can um, share their own individual stories and also collectively tell stories. And these stories are um, stories of imagining new futures. And so what I'm thinking it will look like is right now being a cooperative platform, something similar to like Mighty Network, Circle, Patreon, but the actual storytellers own the platform. So there are story, there are artist owner, there's the worker owners, and then you have the members. And so that's one goal that I'd like to have is just a place for people to create their dreams and stories and be able to own it together. The long-term goal would be to have an actual physical studio where people can come. I'm thinking of it as a dream space, a place where people can dream of their ideas together. And so that's a long-term goal right now is just a, an idea, I guess, uh, um, a dream of how people together can own their stories. Um, similarly, just that you see a lot of these um, companies like Marvel or um, any of these platforms, Twitter, whatever it may be, is that a lot of people are putting out their ideas on them, but they don't own it. And so just really thinking of a model of co-ownership, co-creation that we can do together. And stories can be anything from a book to a mural to a documentary um, and the shared, I guess, ideas that all of us are creating stories that are of the future or speculating a different type of future, it can be fiction or non-fiction. Um, so that's where I am now, just sketching out the idea um, I've been doing research on cooperative models. Um, I've been just really thinking about the framework of Learn Grow Past. Um, I won't go into detail, but I'm happy to share with you all what it looks like. But it's basically a framework that I created about how we can do shared prosperity. And so right now, I want to build out and write out the theory of the framework of Learn Grow Past. 
then the more practical is starting to create the, the platform. And so that's where I am right now is just writing out the ideas, um, getting the theory out on paper. And I also am telling stories as well. So the biggest issue is that I have everything planned out and sketched out for like the next two decades. I know what the stories are, I know for myself, but it's just me right now who is writing, who's dreaming, who's sketching and all of that. Um, doing all the research, which is fine because I'm a Taurus, so you know, <laughs> Taurus, we, we are okay with moving slow, so um, I feel good things take time, so I'm okay with it taking time, but um, really wanting to find um, a little momentum and move a little bit faster because there is a slight fear in me that I could die before my dream happens <laughs> and life is fleeting. So there is a sense of urgency in me just because I want to get the idea out. Um, but that's it for now, and I welcome any comments or questions. <laughs>
All right, next person is Drew. Do you want my slot? Do you want my slot? Do you want my slot? Missed society. As society is, is shedding religion, 
so, what is the new story? What is like a new story that we can tell that captures these the, like people who are turning away from the old story? Because like maybe the maybe the right you know maybe the, the conservatives are kind of like honest to think that like this society is is losing its religion, and they're pointing and they're pointing backwards and telling them to go back. And I think that I think that like the, the solution is like let's look forward um, and thinking about what that story is. And, and I think that's the work that we're doing to share is what is a story that we can tell that brings people together? Yes. And so 
So I want to know what would make it, what would make you feel welcome to visit and be curious about a project like this? What would make you feel safe and welcome? Okay, three questions. First, how big is the year? You know the giant dimension. Twenty-four feet. Okay, so how many people could fit there in a circle? Um, probably around 20. 20, thank you. Second, where are you located exactly in Oregon? It's in Washington. It's halfway between Washington and Long Beach. So it's on the Columbia River, about three hours from Seattle, an hour and a half from Portland. Oh, okay. Third is, um, you mentioned the, the native name, uh, Smoke on Water. Have you had any contact or any relationship with some of the members of the tribe or some of the community there? I have, that's what I need help with because I feel as like a white person going to initiate a relationship. I don't know how to do it properly, so I haven't done it yet. Oh my god, I love you. not say anything. There's so many ways to do it wrong, so I want to still feel like a developing relationship with place and then at some point the right relationship will rise, somebody will help me and will say like, this is how you do yeah, right. <laughs> Often when you're doing, oh, go ahead. I know you do. Well, I, I have a question. Oh, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Oh, all right. <laughs> um, often when you say something is closed space, that means there's um, like a strategy around it. So I think what you're doing, like you already identified like the elk and the mist and all of that, but if you could find a way We haven't done any outreach so far. We've been just building a 
through the supermarket working on things and they're just trying to put anything. We're on Airbnb, so people around the people find us on Airbnb, but that's it. We haven't put on our website yet. I, I put a, a draft of a Substack post in the Discord where I explain a bit of the vision of the pictures, and I, I want to go live with something. This is my deadline to say something public.
could make wave and I just want to have anything happen what would you like to have happen? Ooh, I would love for there to be like a central place where like all the people that are going to be committed to this work and be found access to the schedule and the stresses to come in and be accepted. Mm-hmm. So that would be like a first like a place, place for all of our like victims that were broken in and like their families can access that way and then I just have a thought, it's, it's like, um, I don't have the answer, but it's um, like one of the biggest pain points for people who are creating amazing content and offerings is they're all siloing their work and marketing themselves. Mm-hmm. And so where is the spot where there's value in like, okay, let's market it together and allow people to funnel themselves into finding the right thing for where they're at, whether it's an organization or an individual or a community or group. There's just a lot of value there by being that middle point. I don't know what it looks like, and it might just be a platform. It might be, you know, something. Sh- I don't know, but that's uh, uh, that's what, that's where my mind goes. Yeah. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> Next is me, and then Caroline. We'll round this out. We have about 12 minutes left. Um, so, so many friends in my circles who are also searching for home and we can't find it in the places we were raised we can't find it in our ancestral homelands Um, we don't find it in our workplaces we don't find it in our apartment buildings I mean we find snippets of it we find little bits of it and of course, in theory, if I listen to Zen teachers, you know, we can always be at home in ourselves. You know, that's, that's nice, but there are certain needs that are not being met in, the, in those situations. 
and um, yeah, I get little tastes of home these days when I'm in circles like this, in places like this. Um, I get tastes of home when I'm with my friends and we're having like a weekend retreat together or camping. Or I, I guess I, I feel at home in the hearts of the people with whom I feel resonance and love. And my experiences of home are, you know, maybe if I'm lucky 5% of my year, if I look at the hours in the year, and I have a deep desire to flip that ratio and make it so that 95% of the time I feel at home. And I guess if I'm trying to um, put words to what that sense of home feels like, it's a place where I feel um, held in community. Um, it's a place where I feel not only safe, but like celebrated. It's a place where I feel safe enough to reveal completely what's going on for me internally, which for me is a big part of my healing journey. In spaces where I've been able to reveal my insecurities and fears and the like stories and ruminations, um, when I make that stuff public, it dissolves it. And there's, a, there's such a power in that um, as a kind of therapy, but not just as a therapy, as a way of being in trusting relationship with other people. Um, and for me, when, when someone else does that in front of me, I just fall in love with them because their courage and their, their struggle, it's so many aspects, of course our lives are each unique in our own context, but there are many aspects of struggle in the human life that are, that are shared. And when I hear someone express that, it, it makes me part of them. I receive their story, we become connected. Um, so I have a deep yearning to create some kind of situation where 95% of the time I'm feeling at home, and I might also have a deep yearning to co-create that with and for the people that I love, um, and for other people with whom they feel resonance. In a way, I think we're trying to do that here. I shouldn't just say trying, we are doing that here, we're practicing it. And yet, also in this space, like someone in the previous session talked about, uh, or in Sarah, Sarah, your beautiful expression that microsolidarity is a technology for creating safety and belonging. I, I agree, it aspires to this, and it, for me at least, it's not, it's not there yet. Um, it, we're getting there, we're moving in that direction, maybe just two and a half days is too short of time, and most of us are new to each other, you're all new to me. Um, so it's a process of familiarity. Um, so I put that I put that yearning and that dream out into our collective imaginings, and maybe you resonate with that in some way. Um, and when it to make it actually tangible, okay, I've got a minute thirty seconds. Um, to make it tangible, I'm trying to imagine like, okay, what does that actually mean to like co-locate and live like in in a home or structure day to day with in that way or with that sense of home and in my work the work in the world, how do I also feel that sense of home in the way that I work? I want that to all be, I don't want to have to like check part of myself at the door when I go to work. Um, I don't, I won't accept doing that anymore. Um, and so yeah, I have a dream of co-creating something, I don't know, something like shared ground, something like, um, like mycelial networks where you're like working together and offering trainings and services. 
something like um, I went this summer to an eco village in Portugal called Timera, and in that place, I think they they're not no. There's no such thing as perfection. We're all learning. We're all work in progress. And I think they've developed some great tools and ideas that are in the right direction. Um, so I was inspired by that place where 150 people are attempting to live together and co-create a peace culture. Um, and I felt at home in the group of queer folks I was with there. <laughs> yeah, so that's another thing. It, at least in my experience so far, it's tended to be a lot of queer people who are, who are, I feel that sense of home or who are creating those spaces. But I want a large umbrella of queer definition, not based on gender or sexual orientation, but based on this orientation towards um, our, our own healing journeys and our mutual liberation. So that if we are able to more freely express ourselves and feel safe, then that creates safety and expression for everybody and our gifts can fully come forward. Um, yeah. So I invite more conversations about that. If, if that was an um, okay, uh, we don't have time, but we say for dinner or a drink or something. Okay.
complexity of your nervous system is actually just a complex variation on a very fundamental pattern. The pattern is that life learns. That's what it does. Life is constantly problem solving, constantly being thinking, and all life is doing it right now at the same time. Every species. So we're in this continuum, this fabric of that. Um, now, what does learning achieve? What does this like effort, this process called learning, the process called learning achieve? It creates complexity. And complexity is what life wants. Complexity is similar to learning entropy. Complexity is what life wants. Because complexity just literally translates to more to learn from. So we see this in, in the form of biodiverse hotspots, um, where the more interactions, the more intensification of relationship and possible relationships, the more speciation, the more species develop, in other words, um, the more rich and therefore redundant and therefore abundant that ecosystem is. So that's what we're all, that's what all life wants. Okay. Given that context, how are we failing to be good at being alive right now? How are we as a, as a human organization, which, I mean, I think life loves us because humans create a fucking ton of complexity, so we're really good at really good at some of it, but like, how are we failing to understand ourselves, to understand ourselves as life, and actually, um, you know, behave in ways in accordance with this, like, mother root patterning, this core patterning? Um, how are we, how are we uh, failing to contribute to life's um, proliferation in the universe? How are we actually getting in the way of that? So, I believe that if we can, especially those of us who don't have like intact lineages, who don't have intact lineages of indigeneity, like those colonizer children like myself, um, I think it's, it can be really powerful to like find your way all the way to the root of what's going on, and then from there, like all of this like baggage that we carry can go out of the window and we have a unit and we have an organizing um, premise that can rebuild us and rebuild our sense of selves from that. And so asking yourself how am I contributing to this project of life in the universe is what I'm giving, contributing to more life, contributing to speciation, contributing to like yeah, growth of kinship, things like that, like is a as a metric, um, is what my work is trying to do.
I just, I don't know, I just want to celebrate everyone who shared and everyone who listens beautifully and thank you for being here. The ideas are so... Uh, thank you. I believe in all of you! <laughs> Let's do it! Such a potent room. So brilliant. Oh, this is so beautiful, Abby. Thank you. Oh, do you want to show us what you created? Yes, let's I was see. adding more squiggles. Okay, <laughs> There's open spaces. It's the funny thing about emergent note taking is I'm like, how do I space things? And it mostly works. Yeah, that's quite an art. Thank you. 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 Yeah, that was you. 